Come on. Ah. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the only podcast produced by three winners of IMSA's Spirit of the Race Award. You're tuned into the Check Engine podcast, streaming through Anchor.fm or anywhere else that streams awesome, cool, meaningful podcasts. My name is Nick, and along with me, as always, are both Andrew and Tristan. Guys, what's going on? Andrew, how are you wait, feeling? Wait, wait, hold how on. are you feeling? How are you, what, what? We're going to go this far and not talk about the brand new song that everybody just heard for episode 50? Well, that's why I'm teeing it up for you, man. Ah, oh, well, Jesus. I can't wait. I can't wait anymore. Calm Episode down. 50. Are you kidding me? Brand new song. Brand new theme song. Created us. You, you know I edited in like after we're done recording. He hasn't heard it yet. God, dude. Man, you can't, you can't pull the curtain back right now. This is time for magic. I'm trying to make it's, magic. Yeah, okay. Ah. I make I make engineering and science. <laughs> I suppose we could have done it after. But I'm... See... This was supposed to be the magic moment. You're ruining it. All right. Anyways, the song that you just, just heard, because <laughs> Tristan edited it in, was written for us by the theme song God, Arnie Parrott, the OG, known from way back in the day. Check him out on SoundCloud, on Instagram. Uh, where else is he? Spotify. I think he's got a YouTube page. Arnie Parrott, Parrot Like the Bird. Or ATPTunes.com. He's done theme songs for podcasts way better and more popular than ours. And he... He stooped to our he level. He stooped yes. to our level to create that awesome song. And let me tell you, I, I love it. I and love I everything will have links to all of his stuff in our show notes for this episode. So you guys should be able to find it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Arnie. We appreciate the work. It is an awesome tune, as now everybody knows. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks so much, man. man. We appreciate it. Much obliged. And you mentioned something else here as you jumped into your whole big rant there. This is episode 50. Episode 50, 50 probably. As, 50. We, as we discussed on social media. 50-ish. By our 50. count, depending on what you count. Yeah. You know. I mean, I don't count the, the emergency break. I didn't count the thing on Christchurch. Yeah. So 50. This is like 50 real episodes. Mm-hmm. We made it. Our first actual milestone, yeah. This is the first one. Like, I guess the second season or making it through the first season could be one. But as far as, like, an episode count, like, this is the first one. Definitely. This is the first real big one. So, um, and we're still not pros. No, no. (laughs) Somehow (laughs) we've made it this far and we are not professionals. Although we're getting closer. We're getting closer and closer. (laughs) Don't make promises we can't deliver on. No, I'm the closer (laughs) I never said we're there. It's... But you're still listening just like you have for the past 49 episodes. So thank you, everybody. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, we, we love you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, we don't want you to just listen. Like, we, we want you to interact with us. We've gotten some really cool interactions lately, which we'll talk about, I think, a little bit later. Yeah. But um, we want to keep that coming. You know, we want to hear what you think. Give us episode ideas, what you like, what you don't. Um, you can start by going to checkenginepodcast.com. Um, there's an email there, inbox at checkenginepodcast.com. And you can also find our prior episodes. You can find links to our social. You can find our blogs. Andrew just had a really, really good sentimental blog about this uh, 
this 50th episode here. Um, it's all available at checkenginepodcast.com. So, fellas, what are we doing for episode 50? Episode 50, we got some classic Check Engine Podcast content. We got lists. We got lots of lists. Yeah, cl- classic in structure. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> However, less than classic, I think, in in overall content. We will, we'll discuss that later, but just mm-hmm. a teaser for you. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. I like leaving yeah. that mysterious. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, let's leave it. Let's leave it open. Just let it float there for a minute. So, first, any special episode fifty pace laps we gotta we gotta go through? Man, so much stuff happened this week because it was uh, earnings reports. First quarter I'm earnings. Saying, can, reports. Can, can we do a Tesla heat check for old time's sake? <laughs> sure. I guess I'm so out. I'm even more out. I'm it's st- so bad. Yeah. Yep. I'm I'm still super out. I just I I I am at maximum Elon Musk saturation right now because <laughs> that saturated so with Musk. Bad. <laughs> I am covered in Musk. <laughs> <laughs> He's oh. making it worse. He always makes it worse. <laughs> but no, I mean, he went up there and did everything, but actually vivisect a baby to distract people from the fact that Tesla lost seven hundred million dollars in the first quarter. Off soft demand. But here's something really interesting. I, I learned that, I learned two things. First, I learned how Tesla is manufacturing their cars. Okay, that's a positive for you, anyway. Sort of. But I also learned that I actually didn't know how, car, how cars were manufactured. So here's what I mean Tesla, and this is, I swear, this is the only thing we're going to cover in, in specificity, uh, announced or revealed in their report that the way they manufacture cars is in batches. So basically what they'll do, sorry, this is for the Model 3 only as opposed to the S and the X, which they custom build. Mm -hmm. For the Model 3, they work in batches. So they make a specific version of the car with specific specifications all at once. Yes. Which I guess in my head was how I thought they made cars. Right. No, and here's not at all right. And here's the reason I know this, and and we'll have to get the full story at some point from him. But my dad has a couple of stories about how kind of back in the bad old days, you'd end up with like versions of car with the wrong grill, right? Or like where they're you know ban and ban badge engineered. You know, you'll get like the entire all the body panels look like one thing, but then it's a grill from some other manufacturer. Yeah, like. You know, weird things like that. The lines have like a scrolling build sheet where it's like every single one that comes down the line, they just bolt on parts or not, depending on the individual trim level. Right, and and, stuff. and, like, and that's so much more efficient. So one example I saw um, because I <laughs> I was just reading Twitter, like, do you mean that's not how they? That's not how I they didn't. Make cars? I didn't know that, this. That, <laughs> that's not how they make cars. So how they actually <laughs> make cars? Uh, for example, Subaru. Um, in the right after the launch of the FRS and BRZ, they still do this in part, but they would build on the same line in the same day, the Crosstrek, the BRZ, and the FRS, all in the same factory, all rolling down the same line, all at the same time. Mm-hmm. So their production is massively scaled, and what's coming down the line effectively doesn't matter. Either it needs a part or it doesn't. Yep. yep. And um, they do left-handed, right-hand drive at the same time, all different trims, all that stuff, all at once, and it's way more efficient that way. Um, with modern manufacturing techniques and technology. So, yeah, that's two things. I learned that Tesla doesn't know how to make cars effectively, and I didn't know how cars were made. 
<laughs> Don't worry, neither does Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> You're not the only one. Very true. Uh, and the reason why you don't want to do batches, by the way, for anyone who is playing the home game, uh, is that batches don't actually match demand. When you're when you're putting out different cars on a line, you can produce those cars based on actual metrics. Yeah, I mean, half the time, like either you've got metrics or they are actual orders. Correct. Like mm-hmm. some way you go to the dealer and you custom order a car, that gets on that build sheet list and your car proceeds down the line with all the others get assembled and shipped right to you. Like they're yep. either, either answering a direct demand from a customer or they're looking at you know, supply chain numbers that can tell them exactly, you know, they've got however many hours of build time, how many of that's dedicated to each model, and they just run them down the line in whatever order makes sense. Right, and I was also thinking it also explains a lot um, about why when new cars are released, you see top trim models first and the others later. So basically those new cars just get slotted in with a regular production schedule. And yep. You know, to get people interested, they bring the limiteds and the ultimate trims. They just slot them right in an existing line and get out of there for the day. They're done. I, that was all really interesting to me. Yeah, I, I have happened to know that for a little while, but I also find it remarkably interesting, and it's really fun to watch. My sister went to, I believe, the Toyota plant with my grandparents on yeah. vacation one time, <laughs> and she she described, she's like, it's not all the same car. Mm-hmm. Like, there's the, there's like a whole bunch of different ones all lined up. She didn't know which ones, obviously. It's not her thing, cars. But right. like, it's like, it was, I thought they just built them all in the same place, because you see, like, pictures of the very, what we all think of when we see it, think a car assembly line is, you know, social studies, yeah. and talking about Henry Ford and the Model T, where there was only one car. Right. So it's like miles and miles of assembly line with Model Ts in various states of disarray, mm-hmm. and it's only one thing, but it's not like that anymore, and it's also not batches, Elon. Yeah, yeah. very interesting, I thought. Um, what else? Oh, I saw a very neat car on my way to work today. Okay. I saw a Chevy Camaro ZL1 track pack. I don't Ooh. know if you guys have seen the track pack in person. Yeah. Yes. A damn. <laughs> I, talking about, Hot fire. Talking about the Camaro, I read a weird article that it's apparently notably losing out to the Challenger. I'm not surprised, but I also think that's a weird cross shop. Honestly. I don't know. I don't know how I feel I, Camaro about and Mustang, I get. Yeah, that's more what I would not, assume. But yeah, that's what FCA's Challenger. Charger, though? Is it Charger or Challenger? Challenger. Well, yeah. Well, I, yeah. yeah, I mean, they're the same car, but I guess... Standing them next to each other, a Challenger. Well, maybe it makes sense. I guess. I mean, yeah, the Charger would make less sense than the Challenger. Well, I don't. Know. Other than the number of doors, I feel like the Charger is a more appropriate fighter for that, being that it's kind of smaller overall and like. But, are, but is it though? Because they're the same platform. I, I don't guess. actually know if the charger is smaller than the Challenger. I have no idea. I don't know. It plays smaller, I guess. Yeah, that, it's, that's it's the whole lower. Thing. It's lower, maybe. It, it looks more like the other two. I don't yeah. know. But <laughs> very weird. But yeah, it's like, you know, Camaro, I was reading a release that Camaro has dedicated themselves to fighting back against the, the Challenger and how it's losing out in a bunch of places. I'm like, really? You know, I mean, anybody who's watched the, you know, you know, the most recent Grand Tour, they talk about the Mondeo being the car they all agree on. Right. I mean, more or less, give or take the various grills and stuff like that, all three of us agree that the Camaro is a fantastic car, like automobile. Well, yes. yes. You know. After seeing the track pack, I was blown away. So the track pack um, has carbon fiber splitter on the front and little down wings just below mm-hmm. the fog lights. 
huge wing on the back. I was and simply oh massive, God. simply massive tires. Yes, huge. amazing. It looked so <laughs> and angry for some reason. So it just aggressive. So cool though, yeah. and it was driving down like a like a you know two lane horrible country road, and I was still like, oh my god, I want it. It's yeah. a, it's a phenomenal car. So phenomenal car. I saw. Remember a few episodes back when I bought you that H two? Yes, yes, I do. I saw it on the way here. You know what's so funny? <laughs> was he in it? There was one park. No, I, no, he there was, was not. one park down the road. Yeah, uh, in my uh, in my well, not in my neighbor's driveway, but next to my neighbor's driveway. And well, I live on a block where every house is literally the same house on the same lot with the same driveway. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have fit it in the driveway. <laughs> it was on the road because it would not have fit in the driveway. So huge. It was it's so actually huge. pretty funny. Like I, I have a small pickup. And I was still looking up to it. Like, I stopped next to it at a light on the way here. Yeah. And I was just, like, almost at a 45-degree angle, just, like, to see up into the cockpit. Just massive. Just massive. Anything else? What else we got? Are we going to dive into this? I think. I got one more thing that I actually want to briefly talk about because I think it's an interesting theory that's also problematic. And I also kind of want to shit on Ford, but we'll do that some other time. Um, So, the important thing is this. Hyundai and Kia have announced a new app. <laughs> Are you intrigued yet? Nope. How about if I told you it was a new EV app? They all have apps. Doing yeah, they all have, keep going. Yeah, they all have apps. All right. This app, unlike all the other EV apps, will allow all users to customize the performance aspects of all EV cars from either brand. You'll be able to adjust seven different parameters. Torque, power, Energy regeneration, range, uh, what are the other ones? Acceleration, deceleration, and responsiveness. Define re- responsiveness. I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> like, is that handling or is that throttle responsiveness? Or, like, what kind of responsiveness? I would assume throttle responsiveness. I would think so, too. Yeah. So, or you what, can, what they used to call back in the day, tip in. Tip in, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the get up and go? Yeah. So this is interesting to me, first because it's pretty much unprecedented control over your own ECU. Second, because I feel like it's a mistake to make this app. And third, because they found themselves a hot button, a hot button word. It's built, Tristan, in the blockchain. Oh, no. (laughs) The buzzword of two years ago. Oh, no. It is. Seriously, built in the blockchain. So, so that um, other people cannot modify your car. Well, I mean, I mean, basically. That's so, why. Yeah, for those who don't know anything about the blockchain, roughly what it is is a series of records that are linked together with... Um, so basically, you can share records between people, but whatever you put out publicly as part of the chain cannot be altered by anyone else. So um, my assumption is that this will be a private blockchain network created by Hyundai and Kia, and that way people can share their uh, uploads, you know, the chain, share their modifications, and <laughs> yeah. other people can reference them, them and stuff like that. Reference. Them? So it's like the Forza tuning marketplace. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. I'm okay. actually in a way into this idea, and in another way, I think it's really, really. Stupid, <laughs> but here's the thing. So it's an EV app, an EV app for Hyundai and Kia cars. 
Do they have an EV car yet? Several. Yes. They have the entire Ionic range. Oh, um, Ionic, that's right. Kona Electric. Kona Electric, Soul Electric. Nero Electric. Nero Electric. Um, electric. <laughs> they got mad cars. <laughs> Basically yeah. all their cars. I forgot yeah. about the Ionic. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, the thing for me that's going to be interesting to watch, while the blockchain thing definitely seems like a gimmick, and while my assumption is they will do a private as opposed to a public network, so it won't be built like off of you know the Bitcoin or anything, right, the right, Bitcoin right. network, it'll probably be their own. However, if they go with a public network, this could genuinely become a field of entry for all EVs where you could then not only tune your Hyundai or your Kia, but you could use the same basic performance settings, they're all batteries, mm-hmm. on other cars. So really, there's a moment where they could corner the market on this sort of um, public sharing of EV tuning data. Whether or not it actually happens, I don't know. Yeah. Something to watch. Curious to see where it goes. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know enough about it to really may have any opinion just yet, but we'll see. Definitely. You want to dive into this episode? Let's, let's get to the, the main course here. Yeah, let's do it now. All right. Who's going to tee this one up? Tristan gave a tease. He teased. I did. Yeah. Finish her off. <laughs> finish it gross. off. <laughs> or him. It wasn't gross because of gender. Oh. I'll, I'll <laughs> say it that way. <laughs> All right. So the topic for this week is things that we don't know anything about. Way to sell it, right? So we were discussing you know, what to do this week, and we thought it's going to be our 50th episode. We'll be changing up the kind of weekly schedule format that Andrew talked about in his uh, blog this week. We're also going to you know, kind of bring back a classic format where we each you know, select our thing right back to our first our first, you know, episode um, lists of our, you know, first cars, yeah. you know, the marriage episode, all that one, um, kind of more of that style. Come back to a classic, and then what we decided is on top of that, we're going to twist in kind of new things. And I thought, well, what about something that's new for each one of us? So each of us has been gifted. Uh, saddled with gifted gifted used loosely yes Um, (laughs) a a topic car brand car style etc that that we're not very good at is is the goal and the goal we're getting people out of their comfort zones is really what it is out of their comfort Mm -hmm. zones grow a little bit unearth some new things (laughs) learn a little uh, bit yeah so I personally found it very very fun actually did you? Um, I did. I did. I was not expecting to. I was expecting it to be a slog, but it was actually very interesting. So I forgot what yours was. I, you know, I was actually kind of disappointed with mine because I don't know if you guys realize this, but what you saddled me with, I've driven everything in that class. Oh, I know that. Oh, you well, just was, hate them. That was super easy. Yeah, yeah like but you I, just hate them. I already knew my list ahead of time. <laughs> Yeah, but you just hate them. Yeah, so. that's true. It's just a little bit different for everybody. We're, <laughs> we're punishing him, <laughs> I what think. I must be, I guess. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, so, who's going first? Who's going first? I think, who hasn't gone first lately? Um, hmm. Maybe me? Does that sound right? I think it's you. All right, I'll, All go, right. First. Yeah. I'll go first. So my co-host tried to put me down and make me feel bad. By making me create a list of the top three dually trucks. 
Genuinely, guys, I have driven all of these. But he, he also hates all of these, to be clear. Yes, because trucks are an impractical choice for a daily vehicle. Everybody knows that. He says to the he guy says, who's driving one. <laughs> not really. Everybody knows that. Anyways, um, so uh, obviously dually trucks. Do I need to explain what a dually is? Maybe. Just trucks with two wheels at the back? Those, those big Four ones? wheels at the back. Two wheels on each side. Yeah, because most trucks have two, <laughs> two wheels. The yeah, but they're not quadlies, Tristan. Quad <laughs> should be. <laughs> now that I think about it, you know, they've got two wheels in the back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, yeah, that's a really good point. That's a good point. Is, they're quadlies. It is, in fact, four <laughs> wheels at the back. Um, they are most often seen, um, I guess, farms would be the second place spot to assholes in the number one spot. Um, Ooh. Coming out harsh from the beginning. Oh, sorry. Am I wrong? <laughs> well, can't say. Kind exactly. Of. I don't know anybody who drives one. Yeah, so. I was like, actually, I don't know any of them personally. So we can't say if they're an Dually drivers, not. come at me. I don't care. Uh, so here's what I have. And uh, I have a lot of experience with these from working in the parks. And um, the first one, a truck that I loved to drive because it has irresponsible amounts of power <laughs> and is a, an absolute uh, hilarious thing to drive the Ford F-350 Super Duty with the 6.7 liter diesel engine the turbo diesel so 440 horsepower fine 860 foot pounds of torque so when I say that you can spin the wheels through three full gears with the thing entirely loaded out I mean it <laughs> <laughs> I'm for serious. Not that I have done that. Or would ever do such a thing, right? Right. I'll, I will Responsibility, say, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, it's planetary power. So anything above really like 500 foot-pounds of torque feels like a lot. I bet yeah. if you said you could drift it, Tristan would go out and get one right now. You could drift this. But would Ford put a drift mode on it? You know what? I'll bet. Can we? <laughs> I'll bet you. Can we ask them to do so? so I'll I bet never, you someone somewhere has a drift mode. Just rip the module right out of an S, out of an RS. Yeah, I'll bet you. I bet you. No, but it um it was one of my favorite trucks to drive uh, at work just because it was it wasn't the it didn't have the one ton bed on the back just a standard six foot truck bed with the full cab mm -hmm. and so no matter what you put in it. You could just break the tire slips. <laughs> you turn off the direction control <laughs> just because of that hilarious amount of torque. Um, in the number two spot, the Ram 3500. Venerable. Yeah. Um, and apparently, according to this article, has do, the most payload. Do you have years associated with this, or is this, do we just tell them make model? I don't think we told them anything. Okay. Cool. Oh, no, I didn't even go with, well, these are all current gen, so I guess they'd be sure, 19s. Sure, sure. I mean, Got what's it. kind of important to realize here is that I haven't driven the 19s, but these trucks are essentially unchanged for the past 10 years. Yeah, yeah. not a, other than sheet metal. Yeah. And weird little doodads, like, I remember there was a big commercial deal when Ram added the um, exhaust braking, like mm. a semi. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, sorry, Ram 3500 diesel again. Um, simply because, I mean, if you're getting a dually pickup truck, why not? Right, and of course, you know, you could get you can get the gas Ram 
with a six-speed manual transmission, which is so, so Manual? Dumb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, a six-speed manual dually pickup truck. So stupid. That's weird to me. It makes no sense. Uh, and plus, you know, if you go with the gas, you only get like 400 foot-pounds of torque as opposed to, again, 865 foot-pounds. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, yeah. uh, and in third place, um, my least favorite to drive, my least favorite to have to work with, um, simply because, weirdly, this one, when I worked with it uh, at the county, this was the most common one we had, the Chevy Silverado 3500, and we also had, like, the GMC version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was the configuration. Those were generally the one-ton ones, so they had the giant metal bed in the back. Yeah. Uh, was it, like, a three-yard, I think, is the technical Yeah, like, the that. actual, mm-hmm. like, like, has, like, the like it's a dump, de- deflector it, at the back. Yeah, and it's it a dump truck, and, Yeah, yep. Um, but they just got stuck a lot. Like weirdly, they would they would stick themselves in huh. like soft grass. So it's funny you mention that because I have done, as I mentioned, only a very little off roading in my time, and that was mostly in the you know, place to put stickers all over your Jeep. Yeah, um, right. The the Outer Banks, um, and I saw only like I was afraid I was gonna get stuck because it was like my first time ever driving on sand. I had some serious concerns. I was fine. I saw two Silverados stuck. They were not dualies because it was off roading. It right. wasn't like their yeah. thing, but like two. But they also got stuck. And I wonder if there's a something with their differentials don't lock properly or it could have been. It's weird, but it's funny that that was the one you mentioned because that was also the one. Like if I'm like ever considering buying a trick up. Trick up puck, yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> gross. A pickup truck for off-road purposes. I would veer wildly away from any Chevys because they're the only ones I've ever seen stuck. But you know what's so funny about that? Actually, uh, to get off-topic here just slightly, um, I would stay away from the Chevys in this thirty-five hundred. I would only buy a Silverado twenty-five hundred because. All uh, 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 the other trucks that we had at the park were the Ford F250s, and they were useless, like <laughs> utterly useless. Didn't have high payloads. The beds were super high and awkward to get in and out of or put stuff in. That doesn't make any difference. But here is why I think the Silverado got stuck, and this is not why, but it just sounds funny. The diesel only makes a, a pitiful, a embarrassing 765 foot-pounds of torque. <laughs> I mean... How can you move anything with that? Ugh. That's why, why even bother at why, that point? Yeah, why even bother? Just get a horse. Exactly. Get <laughs> two horses. <laughs> like, it, 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 wow. How could they even release something like that and be proud of it? I know. It's just embarrassing. Like, they advertise that? <laughs> you know the other reason why I don't like the, the, the Chevy? I backed one fully into a tree. That doesn't <laughs> sound like the Chevy's problem. That's not the Chevy's problem, though. <laughs> I mean... It wasn't, did it, it wasn't. not? Cr- did it not crash the way you wanted it to? Is, is that why you didn't like it? Because of the metal bed, hey, this I didn't won. Crumple, right? <laughs> no, no. Because of the metal bed, I definitely won. But I did put a giant dent in it. <laughs> and of course, you know, because it's the county, I still see that truck around. And it's like, hey, I did that. I did that. <laughs> I, uh, I have experience with the thirty-five hundred Dodge. Yeah, that was my only foray into dually pickup trucks. And that one was not a fancy pickup truck. That one was 1,000% a farm truck. And it was astonishing that it still 
did anything in the condition it was in. Like, you could practically see through it. Oh, yeah. Like, there was so much rust that you could look from one side to the other through the holes in most places, I swear. Well, see, that's that's the thing with this. I and it actually, would pull, like, a 90-horse trailer or something. I don't know. It was ridiculous. When I, so. when I was doing the configuration here, I didn't actually go to the Ford, Dodge, and Chevy websites and, like, do their normal configurator. I actually went to the um, commercial-grade pages yeah. simply yep. because... Especially at like this truck configuration, you really need this with heated leather seats and this. Uh, no, just stop. Are you going to be spending that much time well, doing comfortable of, things in a truck like that's this? That's kind of the people, thing. People yeah. uh, over the road hauling their horses. I mean, the last thing you want when you're dripping in sweat is to get into a nice leather seats. <laughs> nice hot leather seats. Such a sweat. It's probably hey, dirt and maybe mud. Maybe they're and... cooled. I They probably are. <laughs> Once you get into these packs, well, we won't get into the weirdness of the Ford website, but it took me a while to find them because they're all under the Super Duty. You had to go to yes. Super Duty first before you go 250, 350, mm-hmm. 450, 550, 950, GTX 750. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> Whatever it is. He's gone to graphics cards, everybody. Hold on. <laughs> Anyways, um, it actually, this actually did make me sort of yearn for the good old days when I was able to work outside with my hands, you know, you ever miss that Tristan? I do. I, my, one of my, one of my previous lives, there have been so many, um, was working for, of all things, a living history museum, you know, where you dress up in old to timey garb. Get bit by pigs. Yeah. (laughs) Pigs are jerks, everyone. (laughs) Just a a PSA. If you're thinking of like, yeah, I'll, I'll start my hobby farm and I'll raise pigs. Don't. Um, <laughs> entirely off topic, but just don't. Pigs are jerks. But yeah, it was nice being like working with the nice animals mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah, being outside and moving heavy things. As much as it yeah. sucks to like get caught in the rain while you're digging a hole, yeah. At the end of the day or the next day, you come and you're like, wow, I dug that hole. Yeah. Or I. An immediate sense of accomplishment. Yes. Yeah. Visible. Like, like you, you have a task and you can see that it's done. Yeah. I cut down this full acre of wheat with a scythe. <laughs> I mean, I've like, never done that. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> weird things like that. Like, yeah, I missed that. So it, their jobs were a little, a little different. different, but the, <laughs> like the, my core, the core was the same. Yeah. yeah. I, I do miss that occasionally. No, mine wasn't an acre of wheat with a scythe. Mine was a 15-acre lot with an out-front mower. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very different. Exactly. Very different. But the More same. modern. Anyways, that was my list. Thanks for bringing me back, I guess, guys. Bring me back to the... Nostalgia trip. Yeah. Did you enjoyed it, though? Um, the- in the end, I did. I, I was only a little disappointed because I thought that it would be more challenging because what I thought was going to happen is, you know, I knew these three trucks, the big three American manufacturers, and I expected to find some other company that makes a dually truck. No. Nope. Nope. No. No one else does. So that was the surprise. No Nissans, no Toyotas. <laughs> no, so, uh, I couldn't even find Chinese manufacturers. Just by entering, you're on the podium. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yep. Well, GMC. Uh, well. Shame. <laughs> well. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. You mean fancy Chevy? Yeah, exactly. Fancy Chevys? Yeah. Who's next? I'll go. All yeah, right. Let's I'll, hear it. I'll go. I, I can't wait for this. Yeah, this I'm, is the one I'm excited I'm interested. For. I'm interested. So both of my co-hosts have um, sport bikes, motorcycles that they ride um, on occasion. It's been a while since you guys have gotten a year's out Let's not talk about it. Okay. What? Yeah. I got bought a manual car, and that has soaked up all of my time. <laughs> um, 
So I am not into the street bike scene. Um, I am into the dirt bike scene. Um, Which avid. I didn't know about actually. Tristan mentioned it, yeah, but I didn't know also, about that. Also, ladies and gentlemen, if you are hearing this on the recording, it's starting to rain, and I don't know if it's going to be picked up on the recording or not. It might minimally. If it is, that's what it is. Just everybody heads up. <laughs> Just a heads up. We we are trying to be pros. We actually have better equipment, so it's not yeah, that. Shouldn't be too bad. Um. So yeah, I, I'm I'm into the dirt bike scene. I have a lot of family in the uh, in the southwest, so. Um, Desert rides, those types of things. One of my best friends in college used to ride motocross as a youth. A so youth. he, so he, he really got me into it. So I'm more into the dirt bike scene, and I, I, I have nothing against sport bikes. I think it's just because I'm, I'm like into so many things, and there's so many hobbies and passion yeah. projects. Like, there's not the capacity in here to care, <laughs> and also, <laughs> right? It, it's just. Like, I don't have enough time to devote to really dive into it. So this was kind of a neat exercise for me to really get into this. Mm-hmm. Um, so like Andrew and like Tristan after me, there's going to be the three favorites. I actually got a couple honorable mentions as well if we yeah, have more time. I have a preamble and honorable mentions. Oh, boy. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I kind of expected. Yeah, like I said, I was a little disappointed that other manufacturers don't make dualies, but why would they? Yeah. So would you like me to just hit with the honorable mentions first, or do you want to go, want to roll back to those later See, I started at my number one. Yeah, I would work your way down because then if you do the honorable mentions, we know the ones you didn't pick first. Ah, uh, good point. Yeah. Okay. Give, give, oh, give sorry, the uh, game away. Yeah, yours was um, what? So street bikes from... Um, uh, 1990s to today. Yeah. From, from the Speed Wars. 600 cc sport bikes from 1990s to today. Mm, Speed Wars bikes. Oh. And... That's not the the, the first The first pick might surprise you, my number one. I hope it's the 636. It is... The Triumph Daytona 650. Yeah. Oh, I knew I was going to make Tristan yeah. happy. Yeah. I knew I was going to make Tristan happy. Now, Andrew, you were talking about torque. Of course. You want to talk torque? <laughs> I do. I'll, I'll give you some torque. Six, so that so for your dually was seven, 800-ish foot-pounds. Yeah, yeah. Um, or give or take from a seven liter? Uh, 6.7 liter. Across the board, six, mm-hmm. seven-ish? Yeah. Okay. Right. I just want to do the math on this one. So... <laughs> At 11,500 RPM, the Triumph Daytona 650 hits you with 50 foot-pounds of torque. Woo! Woo! That triple engine. <laughs> yeah. So Wait, 60, why are you measuring the torque so high up the band? That's what... That's, that's did you where catch it peaks. that? Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. not on the triples. Yeah. Huh. There's enough down low, but being a triple, it does actually... I thought it was the reverse of the triples. higher than that. Yeah. That's crazy. Anyways. So... Um, yeah, 50 foot-pounds, so look out, dualies. Definitely. Um, <laughs> Towing your horse. Yeah, exactly. Crank it all the way up. So 16-valve, um, four-cylinder engine, 114 horsepower mm-hmm. um, at 12,500 RPM is where they measured that. Um, top speed of 160 miles an hour. Right. And the reason I put this one at number one is because I'm a taller guy. And these these bikes are larger than its Japanese counterparts because you got to fit fit English people on. Got to fit English people on them, <laughs> right? And um, me being roughly six three, this bike I feel like is a little more tailor made for me. So if I were to buy it, 
I feel like it'd be easier for me to handle because it's a bigger bike. It was, it was made for larger and taller riders. Well, so that's, which is interesting because I, as I test drove the Street Triple, which has the same motor, different tune, same frame, different handlebars and pegs, but it's a yeah. very, very close cousin of the Daytona. Um, and usually standard style, naked style bikes are more upright. They're more forgiving for taller riders. Mm-hmm. And I found it super comfortable. So even, you know, Captain Stubby Legs over here. I was going to weird legs. You know, <laughs> could, you know, was very happy on a bike that might even fit you better than a sport bike. I'm surprised that it would make that much, that you'd be comfortable and I could even still get on it, much less find it also very comfortable myself. I'm surprised. I mean, it's weird. yet to be seen. I actually have not yet sat on one. Weird sidebar. But, but based on the research I've done, taller, larger riders seem to have a better time on the Triumph. Mm-hmm. So that's why I put it at number one, because I was thinking selfishly about me. So Interesting engine, too. Yeah, three-cylinder? Yep. Yep. Um, no, this one was a four-cylinder. The Daytona's? The Daytona 650. Right. Wait, no, no, no. Is it 675, the triple? Yeah. And that might have been the one. And that might have been the one I was looking at. That's the original gen Daytona. The four. The four is the original gen. Gotcha. Okay, right, right. That's the same frame and engine as the Speed 4. Right. That's, yes. There we go. Now we're back on board. Yep, that was was my confusion. That also explains the torque thing. Yeah. Um, Right. So, yeah, the original Daytona motorcycle did have a four-cylinder engine. Yep. Cool? All right. Yes. On to number two. This one um, is the Yamaha YZF-R6. The R6, a classic. Just, and this one is kind of for the just just ungodly amounts of fun and power you could have, kind of like your number one pick with the Ford. Mm -hmm. Um, 127 horsepower (laughs) with only 354 pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a <laughs> this quick thing bike. was an absolute rocket ship. Um, 599cc, 49 pound-feet of torque. Um, this one, from my research, this one was very easy to adjust the mid-range as well um, to make the band going all the way up much smoother. So if you wanted to tune this one, it was very easy to do compared to other bikes. Did you get a gen- – what year did you? Um, this uh, – 2006 on. Oh, okay. So the newest – Sorry, yeah. Newest? In- injected? What? Oh, 2006, I was yeah, so injected. Yeah, injected. Yeah, injected. Um, sorry, for the Triumph, um, 2003 to 2005 model year. Gotcha. That so was a two, very short run. Right, short yeah. run. 2006 to current YZF Yamaha, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so power-to-weight ratio, horsepower, ungodly amounts of just irresponsibility, mm-hmm. and this easy tuning to make it slightly more responsible and not make it as peaky. Yep. is um, the reason I have it at number two. I'm surprised you didn't go for a Jixer if tuning was your... Hang in there. Mm. <laughs> uh, hang on. Because you cannot, you cannot talk about sport bikes without talking about the Jixer. True. So at number three is the Suzuki GSX R600. Which people got tired of saying GSXR 600. So it's zig, a zig, 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 zig. And I also just noticed in my notes I actually wrote Suzuki. Suzuki. Satsiki. But. Satsiki Jixer. But it is, in fact, a Suzuki 
GSX R600, again, 2004, 2005. Um, the torquiest on this list, 51 pound-feet of torque, woo, at 112 horsepower, 160 miles an hour. I chose starting at 2004 because that was when they brought in fuel injection onto this mm-hmm. one. Um, also, new lighter weight bodywork, and this was the debut of the inverted fork in the front as well. Gotcha. So, number three was the Jixer. I have actually ridden the newer gens of the R6 and the Jixer. I like the Jixer more. I thought, well, the R6 that I rode was also, um, uh, what's the term? It's, just, it's how long Vince has ridden my freaking motorcycle. It had a um, bigger gear at the back, so it was horrifying. <laughs> it was not fun. But no CBR, no Kawasaki. Nope. Nothing, well, I, uh, I, I nothing have a, I've owned. <laughs> I, I have a ca- I don't have a CBR. I do have a Cowie in my honorable mention. Mm-mm-mm. It's a damn shame. I did have a related bike. My second bike Your was Bandit. the Bandit. Had the, had the, when it came out, it was given the previous generation carbureted Jixer motor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> ding, ding, everyone. <laughs> uh, also the same one in the Katana. Right. Um, so similar I've at least ridden one of those, but can't speak can't speak to sport bikes. Don't like them. Haven't ever really ridden them. I owned one for a year, and my issue with it, well, it was actually a bike that I wanted to own for a long time. The first time I saw it, I fell in love with it. The um, mine was a 2001 Honda CBR F4i. It kind of looks okay. like an owl. Yes, <laughs> owl bike. And that was their first injected. Um, Got it. To come to America. The issue with the C, and I managed to find one that was like exactly what it had the pipe I wanted, the aftermarket mm-hmm. pipe I wanted. And um, the issue with a sport bike, uh, like when I started to ride, I would have, you know, those like myoclonic jerk dreams as you're falling asleep where mm-hmm. you're like, bah. I suddenly, all my dreams were starting to be about me dying on a motorcycle because the issue with a 600. And I don't even know if it's that bad in a leader bike. I've never ridden a leader. 600 is constantly flicking your ear to make you go faster. Yes. Constantly. Mm-hmm. Because no matter what, you are in roll-on power. Even in, in any gear, at any time, you're <laughs> right. in roll-on power. Just squeeze a little more. Mm-hmm. Yep, that is definitely the case with a leader bike. I test drove a... Even more, I drove a, like a 1200 Bandit um, and a 600 Bandit. Yeah. And I was like, I have to get a 600 Bandit because <laughs> 1200 is too much. But this, I don't know, I, like I said, I've never driven a liter, but the problem with 600 is that it's because the engines are so eager, whereas I think in a liter they could be a little bit more relaxed. Yes, the power is there, but the 600 is just always right on the edge of wanting to go. And I mean, for me, it was just kind of a kind of a letdown. It, it took all the joy out of riding motorcycles because all I could picture is just me dying horribly. Yeah, <laughs> yep. It just makes it not fun. It, it, at least it did for me, and especially when looking at the people I know who've owned sport bikes, every single one of them crashed except for me because I only owned mine a year. Right. And I didn't ship it, and I didn't yeah. like. I kept it as stock as I possibly could. It was a bike I wanted to own. I wanted to keep it because I love the way it looked, and I love the pipe, and I love the exercised sound. great care, immense <laughs> care. Mm-hmm. And yet somehow I still fucking tip the thing over in the lawn. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just like 
how? How does that happen? It's never Sport happened with any other are, bike. Are also top heavy. Yeah, they want to lean over on purpose. Yeah, and that it's. You feel I feel like I'm perched up on top of them when I ride them, mm-hmm. which it's true if you look at them and at anybody riding one. But it it, it seems yeah, you're not really set into them. No, at it all. seemed like a precarious place to be. I didn't care for it, but. Yeah, me neither. That's unfortunate because I love that bike so much. But yeah, yeah um, and you and also s- didn't have my my other favorite bike on there. Sorry, go ahead, Tristan. Oh, oh I was gonna say, and and sport bikes are such a classic bike type to never really to, to basically to want to actively exclude them from your riding experience is sad to me. But but there's no choice. Like that's that's always the thing. I see, you know you see all these people. Guys, not people. You see all these guys riding <laughs> riding sport bikes in like flip flops and and shorts and all this tank shit, tops. tank tops. And it's just in order. It almost felt owning that bike, even for a short a period as I did. In order to enjoy the bike, if you don't prescribe to that lifestyle, if you don't live it that way, it's like what's the point? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It was kind of sad. But so, anyways, anyways. Oh yeah, and you also you want- have my other favorite bike. The no Cowie six three six on there, huh? I I was close. I was close. I didn't throw it on. Look, timing. I was only allowed to pick three. I did two <laughs> honorable mentions anyway. Yeah, let's let's hear them. Sorry. Like so, it's just I could have just come at you with ten of them. But <laughs> I like all of them. Next question. <laughs> I, like all, I like all of the bikes um, because I don't know any better. No, so I mean it was probably one of the last ones I cut out to be honest with you. Anyway. Honorable mention, um, I did do a previous generation uh, blah, 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 generation Jixxer, 97 to 2000. I like that um, look of that. The look of that one was really cool. Um, little less horsepower, a um, little less torque, and but it was the introduction of the uh, Suzuki uh, Ram Air Direct mm-hmm. on the motor, the, the S-Rad, as it's called. So, S-Rad. Um, that, that made honorable mention. And then also... Um, the one Cowie I had on my list was the ZX6R from 98 to 02, carbureted, mm-hmm. um, 111 horsepower, 48 foot-pounds of torque, still 150 mile an hour top speed, um, which is impressive to me. Well, <laughs> that bike stuck around. That bike was so popular, it stuck around <laughs> for an entire generation after as right. just a renamed bike, as a ZZR600, right. yeah. of yep. which I almost bought one because the seating position was mm. like being... Cradle gently. Li- it was nice. <laughs> just like a little baby. Yeah. With 100 horsepower at your disposal. <laughs> yeah. That was so. the same for me, you know, kind of related to the CBR 600, mm-hmm. the 600cc Hawk. Yes. Yeah. That was just like, allow me to sit in this amazingly comfortable work chair and go a zillion miles an hour. <laughs> right. All the time. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, does it mean I'm going to be more interested in these going forward after we turn these mics off? I don't know. Again, just because mental capacity, I don't have room to care about all of these things. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, it was interesting learning about some of this stuff. Um, and it wasn't, I thought I was going to just going to have a miserable time doing this, but I was actually pretty engaged with it. I, I thought it was good. So, um, cool. yeah, thanks for bestowing that upon me. Give you Bestow. the gift of motorcycles. Yeah. And the first time we really talked in depth about bikes on True. the show. Yes. So, so new, um, new things. New things. <laughs> um, Tristan, time for the headline act here. The, we're going to close it out with, uh, with your research. Sure. What did you bring to the table? 
It's funny that you mentioned new content. Because <laughs> um, I definitely didn't bring new content. Nope, no new content. <laughs> I actually am revisiting old content. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, we made a whole joke about the fact that I don't know anything about Ferraris. Well, that has changed. I don't think it was a joke so much as you got mad at us for saying that you should know stuff about Ferraris. Yeah. I didn't get mad. I remember him getting mad. I was very blasé about Ferraris in general. Yeah, that's kind of... I guess. Yeah. yeah he, he's just like, meh, Ferrari. But in my story, you were really mad. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I did some research. I didn't have four months and <laughs> access to a research library to be able to tell you exactly every possible Ferrari. You just use the Wikipedia page. It's fine. Oh, I know. I know. But even that... <laughs> You see how many links are on that page? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, I looked through all of those yeah. to make that list of good-looking Ferraris. So so I had to choose my top three favorite Ferraris for research. Because he doesn't know any of them. Right. Yeah. And, and now I know notably more, and I think that'll tell... Well, if you didn't know any, one would be notably I think that'll, more. I think yeah. that'll tell in my preamble and my... Honorable mentions. At I'm, the I'm end. excited for it. Like he comes at us with a preamble. Like, what so is this? I want to open with the F40. I mean, it's, I mean, it's got to be on choice. the list. It's the obvious choice. Is it's this? not on my list. What? You're a sinner. So can we kick him off the podcast? Tell me why it would be on yours. Because the car is so iconic and beautiful and great. It's not and it's, a milestone car. The first 200 yeah. mile an hour. Like prove it. No one did. Prove it. Prove really? that it's... Ferrari said it's 200 mile an hour car. Yeah. Independent testing could never prove it. That's not true. Um, Outside of Italy. No, 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 no. Car and driver, I thought they got 201 in at once. 199. Oh, great. And the, round and it, up, and it got and it got, <laughs> and it got beaten by the uh, roof, the RUF, and... How do you actually say that? Well, I think it's rough, actually. Is it rough? Yeah. No um, the Yellowbird... That one, 211. And there was one other yeah, car in that test. Sorry, I'm not interested in this. So, that's just a souped-up <laughs> I'm sorry that I'm shattering your heroes. That's not even a... It's not, they're not even a um, production manufacturer. They don't, make, they don't make them enough in numbers. Right. So but the F40 but, did. Right, but they also never went 200 miles an hour. Sure they did. No, they didn't. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. <laughs> they, they never went outside of Italy, so I'm just going to forget that. Um, and I don't think the styling is... Any notably different than others on this list that I think are Didn't learn anything. more culturally relevant. I think I learned more than you guys did. <laughs> I think I learned more than you guys know. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to just ignore the F40. Maybe your list is it's wrong. Boring. Yeah. It's boring. It's a doesn't go 200 mile an hour car. It's boring. And the, probably the best Ferrari ever produced. It's boring. <laughs> and the guy who loves Volkswagen. I know, and, right? <laughs> It's, Boring. It's, it's, it's a doesn't go 200 mile an hour Ferrari. Okay. And it has just kind of the, what I joked about Ferraris being is what the F40 is. Okay. It's the kind of generic red wedge. It doesn't do anything for me. So for me, there was the 2002 to 2004 production Enzo Ferrari. 
so that was tasked with living up to the name of the man himself. Yep. Um, and I think it Wasn't did pretty well. Wasn't that the one well. that was co-designed by Schumacher? Um, that was the FXX, which oh, okay, which, yeah. which came from the Enzo. Yes. So um, the real name is Enzo Ferrari. People usually turn it around and call it the Ferrari Enzo. It actually mm-hmm. is the Enzo Ferrari. Um, it was one of their first cars to really integrate tech from their F1 program into a production car. So it had a had a thing was so ugly. See, yeah, it, I, I, I don't know whether I feel it's like super attractive or super ugly or whatever, but I feel like it 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 made a statement with the design. Was it this had the, by the number? Are you going three, two, one, one, two, uh, one, three? I don't have a super great order for this because they're all different things. Got it. So I think the the Enzo is one of the most, in my opinion, kind of unique and shocking when you stick it next to everything that was coming out at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the ones I can't tell apart. Like, you know, one of the ones like, like the ones that James may owns, like he owns two. And as far as I can tell, they're identical, even though the numbers are different. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's very hard to tell those apart. But th- then this came along in that same time period and it was, you know, carbon fiber body, electro hydraulic shift, you know, flappy paddle gearboxes, you know, carbon fiber reinforced silicone carbide ceramic composite disc brakes. How many more things can you throw on there, right? You know, right. how many you more know, syllables can you even speak? <laughs> right? Active active aerodynamics, you know, things like that that were relatively unique for cars of that time. Yeah. And like I said, like the like the styling or not, it had the F1 inspired nose cone. And, you know, things like that. I think it was a great homage to how successful Ferrari was in racing. And they brought a lot of that to the road. And I think for that, I think it deserves a nod here. You know, it's it's polarizing. Some people are going to hate it. Some people really like it. But I think it deserves a nod. Uh, the next one is the the Ferrari that I was introduced to the most readily. And it's Most the two, readily. Yeah, the 2010 to 2015 458 Italia. Ah, this is Nick's fault. Uh, ah. No, it's racing's fault. That's why. It had a fantastic customer racing program. Um, it had a whole series based around it. Yeah. Um, and honestly, when you look at it compared to its newer cousin, the 488. Don't you say bad things about the 488. I don't like the nose as much. Because the because the so here's why so the four eight eight has just the two little vertical splitters yes and mm-hmm. the four five eight has those cool winglets in the front in the front air intakes I think the front is the most improved part of See, the four eight eight I like the back of the four eight eight better here's something I need to call you the four five eight why would you pick the four eight eight when the three sixty is right there and that was when you were all into Audi at Le Mans the three sixty had a racing program too. Yeah, but I wasn't paying attention to other sports cars at the time. I was strictly interested in Audi at Le Mans. So when I got more involved going to actual like IMSA races with Nick more often, when we started doing our two years, that's when you're looking at, you know, Reese Comp and all the feeder series and the support races. And they were all in four five eights. And that was that was the first Ferrari I could reg I could like reliably identify <laughs> it's like oh look 458 and like nick was like oh look at that good, good job good job because you know i was kind of i, I, I know, gave him a little head pat you know and i think the head pat still resonates to this day and uh and treats 
Yeah. I yeah. think your list is a sham. Why? Because it doesn't include any of the good ones. It doesn't include the ones you like. It's it doesn't my include list. any of the objectively good ones. Factually good ones. See, he's got well, he's got one spot left. And honorable mentions, you said, right? You I do have, have honorable, mentions. honorable mentions. Yes. So, Fine. But no, I I went through and I picked the ones that I liked. That's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, the last <laughs> one on my actual list, the LaFerrari. Really? When you talk about mm. factually good Ferraris, it's just the best one. It's the fastest one they've ever made. Right. So statistically, best Ferrari. There is no argument to that at this point. It is a hypercar, not a supercar. And it's the first one where they went modern. I think that's a milestone for them where they started doing hybrid and things like that. And I think that's right. I think that's the big step there. And Little it's bits a, of hybrid. Right. <laughs> tiny, you know, tiny, less tiny. than other people. Right. But from Ferrari, that speaks volumes. You know, I think that's you know, true enough. You know, people who are in, you know, even going to gasp, a twin turbocharged V8. What are you, some kind of a heathen? Sacrilege. It's not a V10 or a V12. Get that out of here. You know, so even with that, you know, that move, like from a company who will only do you know, super high cylinder count engines. Right. To integrate hybrid technology at all, even in a an iota that they put in there, I think that means something. So I think the 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 LaFerrari is a meaningful Ferrari. And I like the way it looks. We've seen it in person with the weird exception of the Deedly mirrors. You know, but that's it. Yes, we saw the one in black at Watkins. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that was yeah, yeah. badass. But I will say those the mirrors, like the overall design of that car, has definitely kind of grown on me. Especially for some reason, the mirrors. I feel like they're. I mean, before it seemed like you could kind of remove them to improve the design, but I don't know something about the way they. It, it seems like a what, important feature. What they now. do, and this is what I do like about the mirrors. I don't like the the stocks. What they do is from the front of the car, they fill a space. So you can ah. see the haunches, yeah. and you can see the front, and in between, there's what looks like a blank spot, and when you look at it from the top, when you're looking at it from the front, the mirrors end up directly in that blank oh, that's, spot. Yeah, that's that's the Italians. That's you know, That's Pininfarina just turned loose on a piece of paper. Right. And, you know, so I think that's, I think it's a beautiful car. I think it is performance-wise, I don't think it is, it is performance-wise, the numbers are the best that Ferrari's ever done. And I think, you know, it's a move to the future from a company who's notably loath to do so. So I think it means a lot. Especially Um, as the performance arm of FCA. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, I always forget about, honestly. Yeah. That they're they're part of of FCA. Yeah. Part of Part of FCA. You know they well, do. They you know they do their own same thing. bank accounts as <laughs> otherwise. FCA's different. been stealing their engines they have for the been. past couple of years. Yoink! Mm. Yeah. So no, this is not by any means like just print the numbers, do a bunch of math, and say what is numerically the best Ferraris. Mm-hmm. They're the ones I like the most. There's still one name I'm waiting to hear. So hopefully it's in the honorable. I mentions. believe it is the first honorable mm. mention. <laughs> Hmm. The 1984 to 1996 Testarossa. There it is. Ah. 
There it is. The Rosa. For that one, I love the the side slashes. Love the slashes. Yes. The best. So that and it was it's a cultural icon. It's Miami Vice. Oh yeah. So, absolutely. You know, not to mention there's some personal connotations there. You know, when I was given my first computer, my dad renamed the hard drive Testarossa. Because ah. it was for me, the redhead. So that's a little bit of that. Was, that was the first Ferrari name I knew, but I couldn't tell you what it looked like because <laughs> I was never shown it. <laughs> but, Your child, do but, not look upon it. <laughs> but, it was, but it was like it was like, hey, look, I named the hard drive Testarossa because that's redhead, and it's a Ferrari named a car that. And I was like, I was like little. But I, I feel like, like oh, you should have this, like, this car. No. I think this was before. Come on, Mr. D. At least show him a picture of the car. I think it was before Easy Google, though. Oh, definitely. It had to be. This was before, yeah, this was before. So it would have been like go to the library and find a book of cars. Guaranteed there would have been a book specifically about the Tesla. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. But there was just not that much time for that kind of effort. Um, And then a. But the, so that had a stupid long production. That was like twelve years mm-hmm. for Ferrari. That's a yeah. long time. Um, nine years out of my next honorable mention. Hmm. Two thousand eight to two thousand seventeen. California. Yes. Which nah. which I, I like it because it is, in my opinion, really their best crack at a Grand Tourer. Mm, well, I assume they have others, but it, yeah. in modern era, probably the only. Yeah, and I and I and I like grand touring cars, so I these are basically these are ones that I looked at and considered, but they didn't make the list. Mm-hmm. And I was right. like, oh, I wonder if they'd be a good grand tour. Like I know the California, what else do they have? And not really, not much is the answer. And you know, so it, but it wasn't enough to get it to get it on my list. Um, yeah, I feel like it's. I don't know. I, I was never impressed by the California. I feel like it's. Was Ferrari attempting to do in a different class what they kind of did with the um, La Ferrari? Kind of like hone in on a class that they don't necessarily or they haven't been a part of in a while. You know what I mean? Because like the La Ferrari is hyper hyper car, like yes. mm-hmm. pinnacle Koenigsegg, like you know the the pinnacle of all automotive technology. We haven't necessarily seen that from Ferrari. No, they make since the they the, make supercars. That's yeah, their thing, and yeah. then, you know, they tend to. Stay away from hypercars. Exactly. Um, but and I feel like the California was that for um, their you know Grand Tour. But then it's sort of like, well, why not just make a better Maserati? Was my question. You know, that's true. That's true. And they have made some good ones of those. Um, here's a here's a wild off the wall one. <laughs> you have another one. I have three honorable mentions. The GTC4 Lusso. Ba, 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 ba. Hold on. Uh, that's also a... Fr- is that a front engine one, too? Yes, yeah, still in production. Right. It's their shooting brake. Um, four-wheel drive, four-wheel steering. No, it's the FF. <coughs> Successor to the FF. Oh. Brand new. right. Relatively new. I think 2018 or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's their, it's their new FF, and I think it looks even better. Um, it has this fantastic uh, curve from the front wheel well to the back wheel well that I really like a lot. Um, right. Sorry, just pull up a picture here. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I love shooting brakes. I love shooting brakes. I was that, actually going to say something about how I was surprised one wasn't on your list. but And that alone almost put it on my list um, was the, the shooting brake design. And it's like, okay, 
dare anybody say the phrase practical Ferrari? That was almost <laughs> enough. That was almost enough interest for me to like put it on the list and dig really deep. And I'm like, yeah, no, because I'll just right. buy something else. Of course. Like, you know, but it's, it's very interesting. Four wheel steering, four wheel drive, all wheel drive. Um, and actually tons of space in the back. Like I saw a picture of it open. Yeah. It's like, wow, this is, you can fit like five people and all of their skis. That car <laughs> is the flex though. Honestly, like just think about it. Yeah. You didn't get a car with a lot of practicality and you didn't get like the hypercar Ferrari, but you know, it's kind of like a daily runabout. Type yeah. Thing. Yep. Yeah. I got oh, this. That shit I got in the winter. I got this to take my, to go get my groceries in the winter. Right. You know, I, I, I leave the, the law. Yeah. I leave the law Ferrari at home. <laughs> oh, of yeah. course. Yeah. In the winter <laughs> or when it rains or yeah. when it gets dark. Yeah. yeah. Or when the temperature flex. drops below 50. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. So those are my three honorable mentions. I mean, the only thing I, I think you just, you preambled with the F40 just to rile us up and piss yes. us off, which you did. Yes, I did. <laughs> I don't think you really feel <laughs> that of course, way. There is video evidence of a guy doing 200 in the car in Japan. Yep. But, you know. Well, that's what speedometers say. Details. That's what speedometers say. Right, yeah. Can't, can't, can't trust numbers. Can't, can't trust the speedometer. Can't, can't, well, you can't trust that come out of It's like my mom saying, this calculator's wrong. Well, you know you... <laughs> So <laughs> you can't trust the so, speedometer. Yes, for, you can. That's no, what they're there for. For someone who, for someone who had to go through with my dad, repeatedly attempting to recalibrate the GTI speedometer. That's cool. We understand that you're just. You, we understand that you're over the GT40 and being, and being told the by the by the speedometer like calibration guys that you can only calibrate them to so fine a point, and that's why most police will tell you like. You know, they don't pull you over for two or three over because no, who knows how, how fast you actually think you're going. And the speedometer could have been slow, too. Yeah. There we go. So we did 200 in so Japan, it, and it's on film. There you, you can go. go find it on YouTube right now, folks. And was the car modified? No. It was stock. Says a YouTube video. Does YouTube video from 35 years ago. It's not a new video. <laughs> <laughs> it happened when the car was new. <laughs> What are you talking about? Like I said, any when anybody dares put a radar gun on it, it gets shy and doesn't go 200 miles an hour. Uh-huh. Unless it's at home. Okay. Well, how accurate is the radar gun? What's, yeah, exactly. the, what's, what's the tolerance on a radar gun? Is that calibrated Those are very properly? good. Mm. And they do distance over time. So you can do... Well, that is speed. Right, but that's actual. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, but that's actual miles per hour distance right, over that's time. That's what I mean, though. So if you're looking at calculating speed, the only 100 percent accurate way is to measure exactly how fast it goes from here to here. That will give you an average speed. Mm. Mm. That's how it works. Mm. So, well, I would have probably on your list. You hit a lot of good ones. I would have probably dropped. California. Oh, probably that was an honorable there. mention. It didn't I would I would have moved the Enzo to honorable mention, dropped the California because the GTC four is amazing, and then um, put in the F forty. Yeah, definitely the, in the one. Yeah, definitely in the one. Yeah. Which is fine. I expected that from from you people from the, from the knowers. <laughs> no of Ferrari. From, yeah, no from clearly the people who don't know Ferrari because they don't know the F forty doesn't go two hundred miles an hour. <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. You've seen somebody who took their speedometer and tipped it a little bit. All right, man. I'm just... I or just think or it's recalibrated funny. their speedometer. I just think it's funny to say... 
<laughs> I just think it's so funny to say uh, to go from um, it can't do 200 to well, it can't do 200 here to it can't do 200 uh, um, outside of. Italy. Uh, Italy to then say, well, maybe it didn't do 200. <laughs> but we maybe, can't tell because yeah, exactly. the speedometer might be wrong. <laughs> that is really funny. Well, I think it's funny you guys are still saying it does because there's a lot of proof that it also doesn't. Okay. So. It does. The speedometer one could go either way. Uh-huh. And nobody measured it. And absolutely nobody actually measured it going that fast outside of Italy. And it's an Italian publication that said it. Yes. So, of course, they're going to say that we beat the Germans 200 miles an hour. Well, they did. Propaganda. And then well, it got did. obliterated later by the 928. So it doesn't matter. Later. Like that but same, it's, but like it's that set same, the stage that same year. That. The 928 was already in development. The F-40 had nothing to do with how fast the 928 was going to go. Yeah. But it did it first. Yeah. Did it? Yeah. Yes. Prove it. Every... I don't have to. <laughs> well, it's neither, been proven. Then, then neither do I. It has been proven. <laughs> it's been proven. There's video. Like I keep saying. <laughs> what, what, what? What more proof could you possibly need? You look at this Zapruder film being like, yeah, but JFK didn't die. Like, he <laughs> didn't die. See, see, there are other things corroborating the film. <laughs> Eyewitness accounts, measurements. Right, but how do we now fast the bullet really travel? <laughs> See, nobody Especially was measuring if it was that. outside of Italy. Did, you have, did they have a radar on it? That's a good question. No, you know, you, did the bullet go slower if it was outside of Texas? Definitely. No, you, you use chronometers for that. <laughs> Bullets are too fast for radar guns. <laughs> Sorry, we have the draft on while this while this while we're recording. This is we're super professional, and they just showed a panning shot of a man's actual gravestone. So we knew that this guy's grandfather was dead. dead. Does that seem appallingly tasteless to anybody and else? Thrilling. Anyways. Yeah, I don't get the the point. I mean, sorry for his loss. But yeah, I know, but why would they why would well, they do the 4K panning shot? But yes. Anyway, I'm bored of the F40. Everybody always brings it up. Yes, yeah, the first car at 200. I'm bored of it. <laughs> I am bored best, of it. Best Ferrari. Best Ferrari. Greatest Ferrari. Mightiest. No. La Ferrari is best Ferrari. <laughs> Give me the hell out of here. Okay. <laughs> Play me off. <laughs> With that, it is time to, uh, to end episode 50. So do we want to speak a little bit to, to 50, or do we have thank yous like we normally do? Um, how do you guys want to – this is like a big milestone episode. Do you guys have anything – Anything else to add about it, or are we just going to do thank yous? I don't know. Um, Tristan, you got anything? Um, yeah, I'd like to thank anyone and every anyone and everyone who has supported this, like friends and family who I've spent way too much time away from, and I've spent money on things that I could have been spending on with them, and you know that kind of thing. It's it's meaningful to have someone support what you do um and do so personally and um, we all we always thank our listeners and you know we always will thank and our we listeners. always will but that's something that we're you know we're doing it for them our the people that we you know are taking our time and our effort away from may or may not even be fans of what we're doing so i think they deserve a a special shout out. They, you know, they didn't seek us out like many of our listeners have. They're stuck with us, <laughs> and uh, that that means a lot. 
But luckily, yeah. unluckily, they're not stuck with us, but they're still here. That's, right. right. That's what that really means. Yes, exactly. So, yeah. Right. Um, I mean, I just think, uh, you know, I already wrote about it in my blog post a little bit, but there are moments, actually my past two blog posts have mentioned, have mentioned this, there are moments while we're doing this where it becomes hard to see, even in, even after just 50 episodes, why why we're doing this. I mean, we've we've kept a pretty good, pretty tight schedule on this where it mm-hmm. isn't, is it, it's, it's incredibly fun and it's reward, but it, at times it feels, it kind of feels like a grind. Like it's a uh, job. So like, Oh man, like I just finished working 10, 11. Now I got to go home and like try to write a blog because mm-hmm. it's my turn. And I got to like come up, try to come up with content for pay. Like it, there are times when you don't want to do it. I and mean, I'm sure it's the same for the two of you where there are, sometimes you'll read a number on our anchor stats or we'll look at the performance of an episode after one week and be like, it's just, it just feels sometimes it's not working. There's something will stick in your head and you realize, start obsessing over it. What could I do better? What could I do different? And there's just been recently finding that stupid little Maserati in my garden and getting the <laughs> Instagram message from a fan who just was telling us that he li- has been listening to us all day while he's at work. Can, can we do a, a direct shout out? Yeah. Um, Joe Roy 15. Yeah. Joe Roy 15 on Instagram. Um, just DM'd us just to say that. I mean, it was really it was really impactful for me because it it was something I so strongly identify with. I like I said in the blog, I, I binge listen to yes. things that I connect with at a deeper than mental level. It's something that that matches with the way I see the world. Right. And to, to be entrusted with that by a complete stranger is, is it was very emotionally impactful for me. You see your the connections that you feel with things you like in other people, but they're saying it about your content. It's and it's even as someone who has created through writing and, and, and something for most of my adult life, I've never had anything that I've done be this impactful with other people. So and it's only fifty episodes, and and we're and we're still going. We're going to get better. And we're going to reach. <laughs> it it came at a great time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The timing couldn't have been better. Yeah. Um, uh, Joe Roy, fifteen user. Um, thanks, and we're going to. Not sure if it's going to be turned out right away, but we are going to look into your episode idea and how we can frame it up. He mm-hmm. wants to do an episode on on tuner culture. Yeah, that yep. was his suggestion. We'll get it in at For some sure. point, so don't you worry. Um, but yeah, I think for me, like we've had good reviews, you know, we, we, we asked for the reviews. We've gotten a few five stars, some of them people we know, some of them we don't. Yeah. Um, you know, good recommendations, those types of things. But this was someone actually reaching out and saying, thank you. Mm -hmm. That puts a different spin on it. (laughs) Yeah, it does. it, It makes me really proud, but also for it, it's like a pang of awareness, mm-hmm. and and I'm trying to figure out the best way to dis, to describe. <laughs> he suddenly, this. he suddenly realized that people actually are listening. Exactly. <laughs> like when we first started, this, like we're going to do whatever we want. We're going to like be irresponsible if in this and that because no one's going to listen. <laughs> like no one's going to. We're just doing this really for us, like because we think it's fun. Heads, Heads up. up, people are listening. <laughs> people are listening. Yeah. Like it I, almost adds a little sense of responsibility to it. I don't know if I'm blowing that up to bigger what it is, but no, I know it just, it just makes you more aware. Yeah. I get that pretty regularly on 
Twitter and Instagram when suddenly I realized, well, the other day I realized that um, the content editors of three major automotive publications have followed us recently on Twitter and Insta. And I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) People see what I do here? (laughs) Oh, no. Is this in my own head? (laughs) You just go back through your history as fast as possible. On the heels of me saying some wildly irresponsible shit about Jim Hackett. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, yeah. Whoops. That's right. (laughs) People actually see this. So, um, yeah, we welcome all that. Joe Roy 15, thank you. Anyone else who's reached out to us. Man, we got... Our boy William up William, in upstate New York. The OG uh, holding it down. The OG holding it down. William, we will sort through your photos of the auto show. We're going to get those posted at some point soon here. He sent us like 100 pictures from the New York auto show. Ooh. Yeah. Um, just like a huge gallery. That's it's awesome. awesome. So like stuff like that makes us feel like we're on to something. Yeah. It, it makes us feel that other people share our vision. Like I, like I wrote in that plug. I mean, we started this... Punch drunk. Super tired. <laughs> unbelievable. After brain baking for three days in Virginia. And, and that doesn't mean narcotics. No. That means, it means, it means extreme heat. Real well, hot. We would have had access in that unbelievable motel we happened to stay at. <laughs> that was but, worse than any of us could have ever imagined. But, yes. Uh, after three days out in the sun with way too much noise mm-hmm. and way too little real food. Uh, mostly chicken, biscuits, and track food. Mm. Uh, uh, we came up with this idea as we were, you know, departing at night with no intention to stop until we got home. Yep. <laughs> and here we are. And you, uh, the audience, made it something. Yes. Yep. And you're continuing to make it something. We're still small. We're still a needle in the haystack, but we're we're getting there, and it's because of you guys. So. Um, don't just listen. We are. We talked to you about William. We talked to you about Joe Roy Fifteen. We want you guys to reach out to us. We mentioned the pod, uh, the website earlier. We also have socials. We're on Facebook. Um, Check Engine Podcast on Facebook. The Insta handle is. It's at, at Check Engine Pod. The Twitter handle is also at Check Engine. Also at Check Engine Pod. Indeed. There it is. So go find us there. If you're really, really into what we're doing, we could always use a little extra support. Um, We have a support page at anchor.fm. There's a button right there. There's also a Patreon page, patreon.com slash check engine podcast. Yeah, this song is is Patreon. The song you heard at the beginning of this episode, the new song we debuted, Arnie's a cool dude, but he wasn't doing this for free. No, he's too good. He's (laughs) He's too good. He shouldn't do it for free. He's a professional, as you can tell. So that came from the support pages. So this is what we do with how you, you know, the money that you guys pledge to us. So thank you for that. Reviews. I mentioned we've gotten some already. The more we get, the more we grow. Um, It's part of the algorithm on searches. Like reviews hold a lot of weight. So um, take a few seconds. Give us a review. We'd really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, And definitely check out Arnie's stuff too. Um, ATP Music. Check him out on Spotify. Check him out on SoundCloud. He's got Twitter. He's got Insta. He's also a great photographer too. Um, just check him out, man. He's he's uh, he's multi-talented. A real cool guy. Multi-talented. Yeah. He is. Literally, sometimes a Renaissance man. <laughs> and, yeah, <laughs> and he's uh, that's right. Also a juggler and uh, Renaissance fairsman, knife thrower. Yes. Um, so. just really, oh, I yeah. did not know that. No, no. Just check him out. He's great. So um, thank you to everybody for making these first fifties so so much fun. 
Thank you to my two co-hosts, actually, for making this so much fun. This has been awesome. Great oh, idea, man. Andrew. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just still don't think it was my idea, man. <laughs> but um, here's to the next 50. We can't wait to talk to you guys again. Take care. Bye.